I am the living bread, come down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Today is the feast of Corpus Christi, the feast of the, the body and blood of Christ, his true body and blood in the sacrament of the Eucharist. And one thing that many people, perhaps surprisingly, but it's true, many people don't realize is that the Eucharist is not just a symbol of Christ's body and blood. There was a, a survey that, or a study that was done about a year ago which um, determined that over half of all Catholics think that the, body and, that, that the bread and wine in Mass is just a symbol of Christ's body and blood. But the Eucharist is not just a symbol. When the priest pronounces the words of institution, the words of Christ himself in Mass, this is my body, this is my blood, the bread and the wine really become the body and blood and soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. As Christ himself says, the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. There's a famous story of the great American author Flannery O'Connor, who one night was at a dinner party, and late at night the discussion turns to the Eucharist, which she says, as, as the Catholic in the group, was obviously supposed to defend. And the host of this party, who was named Mrs. Broadwater, uh, who was a former Catholic, said that she thought of the Eucharist as a symbol, and a pretty good one at that. And our friend Flannery, uh, in a very shaky voice, says that the only thing that she was able to reply was, well, if it's a symbol, to hell with it. And she goes on, that was all the defense I was capable of, but I realize now that this is all I will ever be able to say about it outside of a story, except that it is the center of existence for me. All the rest of life is expendable. She knew that the Eucharist is not merely a symbol of Jesus' body and blood. It is Jesus' body and blood. And what's more, she had an intuitive grasp of the Church's teaching that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. And so it's at the very heart of everything that we do as Catholics. Because after all, the Eucharist is the true body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus. And Jesus is God. And so he is the source of our life the author and giver of grace and holiness, and he is the final goal towards which we strive. The Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life because Jesus Christ is the source and the summit of Christian life. There's another important thing to mention that a lot of people also don't realize. Not just that the bread and wine are truly the body and blood of Christ when the priest says the words of institution at Mass, but that this doctrine concerning the Eucharist is not a pious invention of the Middle Ages. Actually, it goes back to the earliest Christian documents that we have. The earliest Christians already believed that the bread and wine truly become the body and blood of Christ. One example of this is St. Ignatius of Antioch. St. Ignatius was born in the year 50, so just about 20 years after the crucifixion and resurrection. And he wrote letters to various churches, Christian churches, as he was on his way to Rome to be martyred. And these letters are among the oldest Christian writings that we have, apart from the New Testament. So in about the year 107, which possibly was just a few years after the Gospel of John was written, St. Ignatius wrote this. He said, I have no delight in corruptible food, nor in the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, the heavenly bread, the bread of life which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who became the seed of David and Abraham, and I desire the drink of God, namely his blood, which is incorruptible love and eternal life. 
this shows us that the very earliest witnesses to the fact that these texts, that this text is a very early witness to the fact that the earliest Christians believed that the Eucharist truly is the body and blood of Christ. But in fact, we can go back even earlier than St. Ignatius. We can go all the way back to the beginning. We can go back to Jesus himself. We heard in our first reading from the book of Deuteronomy that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Well, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. And so we have to be attentive to the words of the Lord, which means that we have to be attentive to the words of Jesus himself. We have to take Christ at his word, because his word is the word of truth. He himself is the way and the truth and the life. As St. Thomas Aquinas says in one of the lines of a hymn that he wrote for today's feast, truth himself speaks truly where there's nothing true. If we can't put our trust in the words of the truth himself, Jesus Christ, then the very meaning of truth begins to, to unravel. And so what does the truth himself, what does Jesus himself say? What do we hear in his words in which we put our trust? Well, at the Last Supper, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my body. And then he took the chalice and he gave it to his disciples and said, this is my blood. And in today's gospel, we have a lengthy discourse of Jesus about this great mystery. He says, the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. Jesus could not possibly be more clear about the reality of his flesh and blood in this sacrament. But notice that it's not just that the Eucharist is his true body and blood, it's also that his true body and blood is truly life-giving. As St. Ignatius says, this sacrament is incorruptible love and eternal life. And this really is where the rubber hits the road for us, because ultimately, this is what we most long for, life. Everything else that we desire in life is ultimately a kind of extension or a sort of another manifestation of our fundamental desire for life. So we desire peace, we desire unity. These desires that we have are especially clear to us in our present moment when there seems to be a real lack of peace and a real lack of unity, a lack of justice. We desire peace and unity and justice, but really what this means is that we desire life. And we see a lack of peace, a lack of unity, a lack of justice as a kind of attack on the life that we so deeply desire. But what Christ reveals to us again and again in the Gospels and his ministry, and especially with the sacrament of the Eucharist, is that we really can't attain these things that we, so, that we so deeply desire, peace and unity and justice, apart from himself. That he himself is the author of life, and so he is the author of all of the things that we also rightly desire along with that, peace and unity and life. And if it's true that we deeply desire life, this, this kind of life that, that lies at the heart of our deepest desires, it's also true that, that we fear death. And similarly, all the things that we fear, a lack of peace, injustice, loneliness, pain, 
rejection, sickness, are in some way extensions of our natural fear of death. But this is precisely why Christ came. Apart from Christ, death is a gateway to, to even more and much greater suffering. And that is not what we were made for. We were made for life. We were made for union with God, for peace and eternal bliss. And so God himself entered the world of human existence. The word became flesh and even underwent death. And by rising from the dead, destroyed the power of death so that we might have eternal life. This is the purpose of this great sacrament of the Eucharist, that we can be nourished by Christ himself. We can be united with Christ himself, who not only gives himself for us on the cross, but gives himself to us in the Eucharist as both a memorial and a bestowal of his infinite love for us. And so if you're watching this Mass because you haven't returned to Mass yet in the midst of the pandemic, if you're still unable to receive Jesus in this great sacrament of the Eucharist, take this time as an opportunity to contemplate the great gift that the Lord gives us in this sacrament and to prepare for when you'll be able to receive him again. Pray for a deeper love of Jesus in the Eucharist. Go to confession and receive his mercy so that when you return to Holy Communion, you'll be able to receive him worthily and so that his grace will be able to take deeper root in your heart. Because in this wonderful sacrament, Christ becomes our food. The memory of his passion is celebrated. The soul is filled with grace and a pledge of future glory, a pledge of that incorruptible love and eternal life that we so long for is given to us.